Praise God, from whom all blessings flow. This is Brother William Kantz with this week's lesson. In our series, David and Solomon, we are winding down the summer quarter. And this is lesson 12 in a total of 13 lessons. And the title of this week's lesson is Dedication of the Temple. From Second Chronicles 7, the verses are 1 through 22. Again, Dedication of the Temple. Second Chronicles 7, verses 1 through 22. From the New King James, the text reads... When Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And the priests could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. When all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Then the king and all the people offered sacrifices before the Lord. Verse 5 King Solomon offered a sacrifice of 22,000 bulls and 120,000 sheep. So the king and all the people dedicated the house of God. And the priests attended to their services, the Levites also with instruments of music of the Lord, which King David had made to praise the Lord, saying, For his mercy endures forever. Whenever David offered praise by their ministry, the priests sounded trumpets opposite them, while all Israel stood. Verse 7. Furthermore, Solomon consecrated the middle of the court that was in front of the house of the Lord. For there he offered burnt offerings and the fat of the peace offerings, because the bronze altar which Solomon had made was not able to receive the burnt offerings, the grain offerings, and the fat. At that time, Solomon kept the feast seven days, and all Israel with him, a very great assembly, from the entrance of Hamath to the brook of Egypt. And on the eighth day, they held a sacred assembly, for they observed the dedication of the altar seven days, and the feast seven days. On the 23rd day of the seventh month, he sent the people away to their tents, joyful and glad of heart for the good that the Lord had done for David, for Solomon, and for his people Israel. Thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house, and Solomon successfully accomplished all that came into his heart to make in the house of the Lord and in his own house. Verse 12. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard your prayer 
and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up heaven and there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer made in this place. Verse 16. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house, that my name may be there forever, and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. Verse 17. As for you, if you walk before me as your father David walked, and do according to that I have commanded you, and if you keep my statutes and my judgments, then I will establish the throne of your kingdom as I covenanted with David your father, saying, You shall not fail to have a man as ruler in Israel. But if you turn away and forsake my statutes and my commandments, which I have set before you, and go and serve other gods and worship them, then I will uproot them from my land, which I have given them, and this house, which I have sanctified for my name, I will cast out of my sight and will make it a proverb and a byword among all peoples. And as for this house, which is exalted, everyone who passes by it will be astonished and say, Why has the Lord done thus to this land and this house? Then they will answer, because they forsook the Lord God of their fathers who brought them out of the land of Egypt and embraced other gods and worshipped them and served them. Therefore, he has brought all this calamity on them. Praise God's powerful words. Help us to uh, understand, first of all, to listen and to learn and to follow the precepts that God would have us to follow. In our lesson, in this text, we find King Solomon standing before the bronze altar again, as he had at Gibeon when he was given the opportunity to ask for a blessing. Second Chronicles 1 and verse 7. This is where Solomon requests wisdom, as we recall, to properly lead and judge the nation, verse 10. Let us notice 1 Kings 8, verses 57 through 61. Again, 1 Kings as I turn to it here, 1 Kings 8, verses 57 through 61. When Solomon uh, requests wisdom, 
to properly lead and judge the nation. And the text reads, May the Lord our God be with us as he was with our fathers. May he not leave us nor forsake us, that he may incline our hearts to himself to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, which he has commanded our fathers. Verse 59. And may these words of mine, which I have made supplication before the Lord, be near the Lord our God day and night, that he may maintain the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Israel as each day may require, that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God, there is no other. Let your heart therefore be loyal to the Lord our God, to walk in his statutes and keep his commandments as at this day. The Lord is God, there is no other. Solomon knew that, didn't always practice it. What about us? In our lesson for today, Solomon again asked for blessings for his people. Chapter 6, Solomon then gave sacrifices in the temple. He was commissioned by God to build. Uh, in verse 4 of our study, then the king and all the people offered sacrifices before the Lord. This was the only temple, the true place where God was to be worshipped. There was feasting for seven days. At verse 8, we note that as the Lord did after the sacrifices on the first occasion, where he appeared to Solomon by night, the Lord informs the king in our lesson that he heard his prayer and will always hear the prayers of the penitent. Verses uh, 9 through 14 and 15, if my, in our lesson, if my people who are called my people will humble themselves, there's that expectation, that obligation, and pray, again, an obligation, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. And verse 15, my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer in this place. So God, the Lord, is confirming the fact that he will be present in this temple. The focus for our consideration is on verse 14, as I just read. If my people who are called by my name and if we look at Jeremiah 14, verse 9b, you, O Lord, are in our midst, and we are called by your name. Do not leave us. And to continue in verse 14 of our study, will humble themselves again. Leviticus 26, verse 41b, New American Standard, so that they will 
so that they may make amends for their iniquity. Be humble so that they may make amends for their iniquity. And do what? Pray in our lesson. And do what? Seek my face. Notice Psalm 27, verse 8. Your face, Lord, I will seek. And then do what? Turn from their wicked ways. Notice Jeremiah 25 and verse 5. Repent now, every one of his evil doings, and dwell in the land that the Lord has given to you and your fathers forever and ever. And when God's people do that, the Lord says, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Praise God. Again, verse 15. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer made in this place. While this promise was given to Solomon regarding the people of Israel, it is certainly applicable to all who would call on the Lord in repentance and faith. These verses stand as a high expression of God's loving readiness to hear the prayers of a repentant people. These inspired words offer hope to those who turn to God in repentance. Importantly, the New Testament is filled with passages that explain this hope in Jesus Christ. Notice James 4, verse 8 and 10. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will what? Lift you up. He will lift you up. The Apostle John wrote in 1 John 1 and verse 9, If we confess our sins, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When God's people dishonor his name as a result of our iniquity, we must humble ourselves under his hand, pray for the removal of judgment. We must seek his favor, turn from evilness, and seek a closer walk with our Heavenly Father. It was Solomon's praise, those actions he followed through with. What about us? What task have we committed to? dedicated ourselves to for God's glory and to what extent have we followed through it is by the grace of God that we are able to prosper in our endeavors let us stand in awe and sin not let us recognize our uh, obligation let us fear the Lord's displeasure hope in his mercy, and walk in his commandments. Having stressed his willingness to hear the prayers of his people, God reminded Solomon of the need for faithfulness. He continued, 
If you walk before me as your father David walked and do according to all that I commanded you, and if you keep my statutes and my judgments, then I will establish the throne of your kingdom as I covenanted with David your father. Verses 17 and 18. Such words as these reinforced ancient Israel's messianic hope. But if Solomon turned his heart away from God, the Lord promised to remove the people from the land and allow the temple to be destroyed. It says, in fact, that it will become just a proverb that will be done away with. I will cast out of sight this verse 20, and will make it a proverb and a byword among all people. God stands by his word. Such words as these, again, reinforce this messianic hope of Israel. But if Solomon turned his heart away from God, as we note, the Lord promised to remove his people from the land and to destroy the temple, both of which happened because of Solomon's falling away. When the Babylonians conquered Judah, God demanded and continues to demand obedience of Solomon and the children of Israel and of us. He accepts nothing less today. The temple was built for the glory of Yahweh. However, God was too big for the temple. He is the creator. Notice Psalms 50, verse 10 and 11. For every beast of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the mountains and the wild beasts of the fields are mine. He needs no one to supply him with a dwelling place or food. God chose the temple as a house of sacrifice, verse 12. The temple was a visual focus for those who worshipped Yahweh in Jerusalem. People needed somewhere to bring gifts they dedicated to God. However, the task of priests and prophets was to remind Israel that God wanted circumcision of the heart, not of the flesh. Jeremiah 4 and verse 4, Circumcise yourselves to the Lord. In the Old Testament, Jerusalem is a holy city and the people of Israel are a holy people. But Jesus came to teach humankind that the one God does not dwell in temples made with hands. Notice Acts 17 and verse 24. As noted, after the ark was placed in the temple, Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assembly of Israel, 2 Chronicles 6 and verse 12, and with the eyes of the nation fixed upon him and with his hands spread out toward heaven, he kneeled and prayed, verses 14 and 15 in Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 6. 
King Solomon praised God for he understood that God enabled him to build the temple. Solomon admitted that he did not understand how God, whom heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain, could actually dwell in the temple, 2 Chronicles 6 and verse 18. Nevertheless, he petitioned God for continued favor, verses 19 and 21. God had already demonstrated his presence by filling the temple with a cloud, 2 Chronicles 5, verse 13 and 14. God responded to Solomon's prayer in an unforgettable manner. When King Solomon ended his petition, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering. As was noted in our lesson, 2 Chronicles 7, verse 1, when Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering. This, the Lord sending down from heaven that consumed the sacrifice is attested elsewhere in 1 Kings 18, 36 through 39. The inauguration of worship at the tabernacle had also been greeted with the Lord's consuming fire. Leviticus 9 and verse 24. This was the manifestation of God's glory. The reality of the divine presence was verified by the act of God, and that act of God stamped the seal of truth upon the authenticity of the temple worship. God had a message a reality check for all of Israel, and Solomon in particular, when the temple was dedicated. Solomon was to do all God commanded him and to keep his statutes and judgments. What about us? Solomon was reinforcing the faith of the people in God's retributive justice inherent to the Old Testament giving back what is due, in other words, retributive justice. There was a conviction that God's will and state authority were equally and divinely inviolate, sacred, or pure. Only if he, Solomon, and those who followed him were obedient would God maintain the viability of David's succession. If they turned and followed other gods, verse 19 indicates that Yahweh would turn from them. The statement, if you turn away and forsake my statutes and my commandments, is addressed to the people and is a warning to us. While the temple signified God's will to forgive and restore, the stubborn rejection of his statutes and commandments would lead to God's rejection of both people and temple. Notice Deuteronomy 29, verses 24 through 28. All nations would say, because they have forsaken the covenant of the Lord God of their fathers, which he made with them when he brought them out of the land of Egypt, for they went and served other gods and worshipped them, 
gods they did not know, and that he had not given to them. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against this land to bring on it every curse that is written in this book. And the Lord uprooted them from their land in anger, in wrath, and in great indignation, and cast them into another land as it is this day. For Christians today, we know that God continues to be with us when we gather for worship, individually and collectively. God's people constitute the temple of God. Notice 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16 and 17. This lesson is yours. I pray that something has been said that is both edifying and uplifting. Let us reach out this week in Christian love and lift one another up. These are perilous times and we need God. Let's go to God in prayer. God, our Heavenly Father, He who sits high and looks low, we come to you in all humility, approaching your throne of grace with wonderment. We thank you for being our God, for all the many blessings you bestow upon us each day. None more gracious or merciful than the gift of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ, in whom, by whom, and through whom we may come to you if it be your will. Father, we pray for those who do not know you. We pray for the space and time that they may come to know you before it is everlasting and eternally too late. We pray for the zeal and the commitment to go out and bring souls to you, Father, to work in your garden. And Father, we, we pray for those who are in mourning at this time, those who are on their bed of affliction, those who are in rehab hospitals, those who are at home suffering. Father, help them reach out your hand of healing and touch them with your grace and mercy, if it be your will. And help us to help them to have the things they stand in need of this day. Father, we pray for all within the sound of my voice. Lift us all up. Continue to bless us as your children as we continue to call you our Father and give you all the glory. These and all other blessings and favors we ask in the most gracious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for, again, participating. Uh, let us uh, count it all joy. Give God the glory. Stay safe. Bye for now.